You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. I so love getting into the journey of their lives, the ups and downs, how they got to where they are today, and how they get through the day today. Because I believe that our feelings of being fulfilled, successful, enough, worthy, joyful, loved, whatever it is, is not out there somewhere. Once I have this, do this, be this, then I will feel it. You might feel it a little, but it likely will be fleeting and you'll keep putting it outside of yourself. So that is why this podcast is called Claim It. It is up to us to claim our worth, our value, our success, our fulfillment, our joy in the now. That's an every day, sometimes a moment to moment process. <laughs> so on today's episode, I have Holly Haddam. She is an author, illustrator. I happen to have one of the books she illustrated, which is a New York, number one New York Times bestseller called Dear Girl. She's also illustrated Dear Boy and so many other books. And I loved getting into her journey with being an artist, an illustrator, and what that looks like. And it was a really fun conversation, especially since I was in the middle or being really deep into finalizing my book proposal and that whole process. So like, even though it was totally different creative process and, and dealing with other people and feedback and stuff, it was so fun to talk to her and have like interesting things coming up. <laughs> so please listen. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast. And if you leave a review, screenshot it to me, review the podcast screenshot it to me and I'll send you a gift from my product line. So leave a review, screenshot it and send it to podcast at yourdoilogist.com and I will send you a gift from my product line. Because so I love, love hearing from you and reviews really help the podcast become more discoverable. So more people are claiming it. All right, let's get into the episode. Okay, so I like to start with, well, first, like, especially being someone who's creative, perhaps this could be even earlier than high school, but like growing up, like what you were thinking about as far as like life and like, were you always, you know, encouraged to follow the artistic path, and especially like teenage years when it's like, you should go to college, do this. What am I going to do with my life? So like, where were you at in around like teenage years and younger ages? I always knew I wanted to be an artist. My parents said I was drawing from five years old or younger, and they were always really supportive of that fact. They never told me not to be an artist or not to wow. follow that path. So there was like a, a year in high school for some reason I dropped, I was going to drop art and take Spanish instead. And I have no idea why, because I hate languages. I don't know why I decided to do that, but my art teacher found out and she basically, she's like, no, you have to go back to the counselor and you have to change that Spanish back to art. So if it wasn't for that art teacher, I don't know if I would have gone this path or what would have happened. So yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And now, so I am someone, 
that never felt like I was creative. I now feel like the term creative, you know, obviously comply with so many things. But I feel like growing up creative always seemed like, yeah, you draw, you paint, like play music or something like that. And I was never inclined that way. So and I now think back to friends of mine that were like artists, but my mind didn't even grasp like again, like thinking about that sort of thing as a career. So when you're saying you were like always encouraged and you always knew you're going to be an artist, like what did that, like what were ideas of that looking like to you? Like I'm going to, and were you more into drawing, painting like this or, you know, or photography, you know, is another creative thing I, I would think of, you know, were you like, I'm going to do this or were you just like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know I love making art. I did all types of art. So I did photography and drawing and painting and I was in band. So I played an instrument as well. But I, from my, since I was little, I knew it was either going to be a children's book illustrator. I still have books that I created like from grade three. Wow. Um, or work in animation. And my dream was to be at Disney. I would sit and watch the little mermaid and beauty beast every single Saturday, drive my parents bonkers and just dream of one day working at Disney. So I knew from a really young age that that's what I was going to do. Did you know, because I don't think when I was a kid, I realized that those like movies that were animated were drawn. You know, like, how did you even like, did your parents tell you about that? Like, how did you even put that together? And like, what? I don't know. It's I guess I used to copy a lot. Like I would take it like a Beauty and the Beast image, like say from the the VCR, that's old, right? The, the cover of the VCR, and I would just try to copy that drawing. So I guess maybe that's how I never really thought about it. I mean, I just knew, I think. Or just, yeah, or maybe you weren't even putting it together like, I'm going to draw the movie, but you were just like, I love drawing. I love these movies. I will. <laughs> yeah, like. I always wanted to do the backgrounds in movies. I just thought they were so magical. So that's what I always wanted wow, to do. Like that's so interesting because, yeah, like, <laughs> I, it's still a hard thing for me to wrap my mind around animation. <laughs> like, you know. Oh, wow. So then did you um, did you end up going to college for it or did you go ahead and, like, start working right away? What was the path? I, um, I took a one-year course that studied all media, all types of art, so I could – um, see which way I really wanted to go. And I was showing skill in graphic design. So my professor suggested I do that, even though I really didn't want to, I really should have studied illustration. But for some reason, I didn't have enough confidence that I was a good enough drawer. So I followed the professor's lead. And I studied graphic design for three years, and got a two jobs right out of school and hated, hated them. But like, I hated it. I knew that this isn't what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I wonder, do you think that your professor even saw that you had an aptitude for graphic design, but also it seems like graphic design is the easiest profession for a creative? Because I know so many artistic friends that that was like sort of, you know, they're artistic, they're creative. Oh, they know they can go work for a marketing agency and do design. They know that they can get hired freelancers, but a lot of them end up 
Yeah, like having breakdowns, hating what they do. <laughs> like, I need to have this career out of fashion. Whatever. So I have a lot of friends that like had that thing. So like, I'm wondering if even like, sure, you might have shown aptitude, but I wonder if professors were naturally steering people out of like, here's where you can go make money. Like, there's a lot more space for these people. Or if it, you don't know, or if that like, was even driving yeah. you. I honestly don't think graphic design is easier in my eyes just because I think I hated it so much that to me it didn't come naturally. So yeah, I, I didn't mean like it, was it was easier. I mean like that, like the marketable, like maybe for job placement because because so often in, you know, we're like, we have to get jobs where you have safe income, you know what you're getting, you know, you have the benefits. Like so often I feel we're, we're being steered into like, this is the safer option, which it's not really <laughs> if you're like, feel like you're dying every day. <laughs> Well, I feel I do. I feel um, graphic design is seen more as like a businessy. I guess I don't think there's a stigma about the starving artist being a graphic designer. I think they it's like the illustrator or, or the painter or the you know the poetry. Right? The yeah, poet is seen as a starving artist as because you can work for big companies being a graphic designer. So I think it's seen more as a stable job in the art world. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's easy because even I feel like I'm not that hard of a person to work with. But then as someone who doesn't have a design background and I'm trying to tell somebody what I want when I don't know the right terms or the this or that. And like they're probably way more creative or talented than I'm giving them space to be because like, well, no, I just need it to be like that. So I definitely don't think it's easy because besides doing the design work, you have to then put up with the personalities and being like, can you make that more sparkly? I'm sure. <laughs> like I've even from going back to being a sound when I was a sound engineer, like the people would be like, oh, can you make that sound more purple? And you're like, I have no idea what that means, but okay. <laughs> you have to just I feel make like every creative goes through that, right? Even <laughs> as an illustrator, I have to constantly work with editors and the creative directors and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So I think every creative will get that. So, okay. So you did end up studying though, graphic design and then getting work out yes. of college as a graphic designer yes to, and what yeah what to, was that experience like for you and what made you find like be like no not doing this anymore it was it was just awful like the environment to me was more toxic um and I don't feel like I had the freedom to be creative like I do being an illustrator and I just, I don't, it's just the type of people. I didn't mesh in that world at all. And I got fired from both of those jobs. Oh. <laughs> and that still wasn't like a, you know, hello, you're not meant to do this. So, yeah. So when you got fired from the second one, yeah. And you, you said you still weren't like, oh, you're not meant to do this. So like then when you were you feeling like I'm not good enough or like, oh, for sure. I thought something was wrong with me. I'm not meant to do this. I didn't even bother looking for a third design job. I just said, OK, well, let me freelance graphic design. And I was living paycheck to paycheck, still hated it. Um, and then I happened to design a wedding invitation for a friend of mine and it just got some eyeballs on it. And then other people started asking me to design their wedding invites. So I said, well, okay, let me start my own company, which I did and ran for nine years. Hated every minute of it. Wow. Okay. So you lose that job instead of looking for another job because in your mind, you're not good enough, but also this is what I do. I'm a graphic designer. So let me freelance. Jobs come in. 
a friend mm-hmm. asks you to design a wedding invitation, which you're like, okay, you're not like, J- yes, this is my dream. No, oh no, I was only doing it because it was bringing in some money. Yeah. Like, and then everybody loves it. Okay, I can make money this way. Is that? And it was still like I was making money, but it's still living paycheck to paycheck. And it, again, it's just toxic environment. Like I'm not saying all brides are this way, but the majority are not pleasant to work with. So it was just daily, just, you know, just these awful emails. And I just was not enjoying it. I would dread going to work in the morning. Just, yeah. But, and then in two, 2013, I got pregnant with my son and I'm like, okay, if I don't do this now and follow my, what I need to do, I'm not going to do it when the baby comes. So I shut down the company like enough. And I just threw threw up some of my artwork on a website and I got my first book deal really quickly after that. And then a year later, my current agent found me. And since I signed with her, things just skyrocketed. And that was about six years ago now. So I've been doing it full time for six years. Okay, so when you get pregnant, that was like your inspiration to stop doing this thing that you were not getting joy from and not meant to do. I just thought if I don't do it now, I'm going to be too busy with the baby to even begin or feel too overwhelmed to begin. So it was now or never. So you just built a website and put up illustrations of yours? And what, like, was it with the, with the idea as I will, like, were I want to be hired as a children's book. Yes, for sure. Like even though throughout these years as a designer and running the wedding invitation business, I was still always drawing. So I always had work that I could put up. And I feel like even though I hated all of these jobs, they all led to where I am now. Like without graphic design, I couldn't have built my website like it gave me the skills to get me to where I am now. And then doing the wedding invitations, my style actually developed there, which has what it's turned into now as an illustrator. So I'm really grateful for everything I went through because it makes me that much more appreciative of it now. So like, I don't regret anything that I went through. It actually helped me in where I am. Yeah. I think, I think that that, often is the case we can look back and like see like okay maybe yeah that wasn't my dream job and those were hard times but like the lessons learned and how we've grow and evolve always so I try mm-hmm. to remember even like when you go through hard times when you're in them and I'm like okay like, <laughs> this too this, shall pass yeah and this is somehow this is learning this is living this is a, somehow part of it and it is and sometimes I can look back and yeah I'd be the same like yeah this was like oh, that was all meant to be I agree. Um, so yeah, so when you put up a website and did someone, I mean, then you didn't, are you promoting it somewhere? Like, how did you even get found? Do you know how you got found to do that first? I, and ha- I did. And was it for a book or what was the first illustration the, project? The first book was called My Foot Fell Asleep. And it was a collection <laughs> of poems for kids. And I can't remember if I actually went to the publisher and like introduced myself to the editor or if they happened to find me, it was so long ago, I don't remember. Um, But I was actively, even though I had put up my art, I was actively going to publishers' websites and applying and sending them my portfolio. Got it. Mm -hmm. So you were putting yourself out there, you were committed. And at that time too, when you like decided uh, to put this website up, 
did you stop taking wedding invitation gigs? Full, yeah, full, I'm like, it's, I have to. So you to, like committed, like not like, okay, yeah. I'm going to put the website up with the hopes of this. But in the meantime, like you were just like, no. Done. Yeah, Got I didn't want to fall back. Like, I'm great. like, I, I have to take the risk and just go right. full out. So then you're probably more motivated every day. Like, who can I email? <laughs> Let me get myself out there. <laughs> For sure. That's what, yeah. I mean, I think that there can be, you know, people will say sort of like not to have a side hustle because that means you're not fully focusing on the real thing. And then some, I, like, I think there's not any one way to do it. Whereas like you can just fully leap going in, then you're only like, you know, energy is there and then some people I think it is like you maybe knew need to feel it out before you go full in or something like that so I think there's not one way for everything but I love that sort of like and I think I've done that in the past sort of too where you just got to like stop and reset well, even if you have yeah. no clue what your like reset full idea is <laughs> but I also want to say is like be smart about it too Don't, like yeah. you still have to pay your bills right so it's I was was I married at that yes I was married so my husband had just gotten like he he quit his job to work with me on the wedding invitation business but then when I decided I don't want to do it anymore he looked for a full-time graphic design job so you know it's not like we didn't have money coming in we could rely on his income for me right. to get going so I just want to say don't yeah <laughs> don't so just, that's where it is where I'm saying some people they can say like well don't you know if you do this and that means you're not committed to your full thing or whatever and I'm like what well, people do need like <laughs> You need to some live. people are and some people are willing yeah. to take the risk and live, you know, on credit cards and make it happen. And some people know. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, everybody, you, you can go for that start fashion and also like yeah. stay safe for a little while. For sure. <laughs> so then, um, yeah. And then you said, but that also. So what was that experience like Too, you get your first I did it. I'm illustrating my first book. Like I'm guessing it probably wasn't like yay, this is the dream and everything is like, you know, right. You don't have to deal with anybody that's challenging ever again. It's like you probably do, but it's just now you're at least doing the illustration or like, yeah, like what were, what has been, especially because you're like now that it all took off and yeah, you're able to do lots of books, I'm guessing. But yeah, this, then your dream has come to life. Mm -hmm. it has. But what is the reality of that? And then the reality of what I'm living now well, starting steps, too, because I also am guessing, like, were there doubts and fears? OK, here, I just stopped everything. I'm putting my attention here. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. I got the thing. And then there's, there's still doubt and fears on a daily basis. That's just I've gotten better at telling them to F off, quite frankly. Yeah. But like my first book, obviously, was not a big book. It, it was still exciting because it was my first one. So I was so happy. I'm like, this is what I meant to do. And it did come quickly. So it motivated me and gave me confidence I'm like I can do this um, and then once my agent found me I'm like okay well an agent is seeking me out I must be doing something right that she's liking my art and as soon as I signed with her is when I got my two big books that, that went on to be number one on the New York Times so since those two books everything has just snowballed and I'm officially living out what I had envisioned for myself from when I was a kid and so, yeah, but so if you're illustrator, then you're working with 
people. So I'm guessing that might bring in other elements of like, it's not fully, or do you, how do you collaborate with people? Do people come like they have an idea like, oh, I want to write a children's book. This is what I want it to be, but I can't draw. So I hire an illustrator or like, do you work collaboratively like with the story idea with people or are you bringing these people's ideas to life with your illustrations or both? So I don't work directly with the authors. The publisher will, um, they will buy the manuscript from the author and then they will find that they will pair the illustrator to go with that book. So it's not very often that I even get to communicate with the author. There's maybe a couple instances. I never would have, um, yeah, because I'm now entering book world, but as like writing a nonfiction book for adults. (laughs) And so because I dream of, yeah, oh, one day I could do a kid's book. But I had made up this like, yeah, that it would be I am sending it to the agents with a like a written like it's already here. We have written and designed it already for you. And it's so it's not. So they an author. Is it? Yeah. What do they write a book proposal for the kid's book even? They usually will have the whole manuscript written. Yeah. But they probably will still have to. They, do a, like yeah, a proposal, have, but yeah, with yeah, the book. Go, it'll go all through the agent usually. So the agents will take a first pass and edit it. And then the author will edit it. And then they'll, the agent will put together a proposal and they will email the publishers. And if it gets bought, then they start looking for the illustrator that they would like for that specific book. They'll send me the manuscript. And if I like the manuscript, I'll accept the job. If I can't vision the book in my head right away as I'm reading I won't accept it because I know that then the illustrations won't come out very nice if I'm not inspired as soon as I read the manuscript but I'm guessing and does the author have any like say or do they have an idea of like what they want the illustrations to look like or or when it comes to you is it just the agents just sending it out and like what will you do with this it depends who the author is. Usually they don't get much of a say with the illustrations, but if you're a well-known author, you get more of a say. Or even like um, color schemes and like stuff like that. I, to date, um, I've had one author that had n- not a say, like she just could, because they are the ones that write it, they have a specific way of, they envision some little things. So they'll just give little tidbits, you know, if you could do this here and this there, but usually there's no communication. It's just me and the editor or creative director of the book that work together on it. So then that is that is, are you usually able to, for the most part, just like allow your creativity to flow? Yes. That's really, it's great with most, most actually all books I've done. I have the creativity to do what I want, but then obviously things go through millions and millions of rounds of revisions like it's not very often where it's like it's such an easy book in one pass where I'm done right like they just send it to you you whip up yeah okay these drawings and they send it back everything's great that there's still like little oh yeah oh yeah 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 wow well that's I feel like that at least makes it what I was imagining it seems much better though when what I was imagining like I said that like okay, I'm in first, like, I'm a, I want to write my first child, children's book. Can you do this? And then like, cause I feel like, if I, was, I don't know. I'm not that hard to work with again, but like, I feel like that makes it, you're only dealing with the agent or the editor that's less than the author because yeah, because it is their, their 
work and words, they could become too precious about it and make make it even more challenging to like just have it come to life in some ways. Yeah. And that's just, you know, like a creative director and editor, they know what they're doing and they know that what they want for the feel of the book. So I think it's just easier that way. Like as Isa said, in some instances, if you're a well-known author, you have more say over things. And so, yeah, so when that's work, when you are working on a book and you're going through those rounds, like, what is that experience like for you? Because I'm I'm guessing it can be like emotionalized and lows, perhaps. And like, how do you keep showing up? Or yeah, if they keep whatever, if you keep getting a note about this edit and you're like, like, whatever. So yeah, how do you work through this process Um, to to enjoy your dream job? It's a lot of (laughs) screaming and a lot of venting to my poor husband. Um, it's, it can be really, you have to try really hard not to take it personally as an artist and not, yeah, not to believe that you're bad. I've had so many instances where I'm just crying and bawling and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Why did they hire me to do this? But you just have to realize it's not you. They know what they're doing. They know what kind of books sell and just trying to think of it as I'm getting better with each book and I'm learning with each book. Um, That's not to say that I still don't fall back to the crying and screaming with every job. (laughs) I think it's normal. I started to laugh because what you said made me think of exactly like I'm been working so long on my first first book proposal. So of course it's going to take longer because I'm learning the whole like realm of the proposal and all the elements and the agent and the editor and the whatever and so like I've worked so hard and like worked with an editor to help me fine-tune it work with this person to help me like make sure it had points in there that the publishers in there and like so proud of work anytime though that like you get I get feedback or like okay I just heard back from like my agent it's just it's like there'd be like a highlighted how question mark and I'm like ah can you read it? It says right there. Like what? And I'm like, it's so mad and fired up. And like, oh, I thought this was it. I thought this was the final version. Or like, I was so proud of myself and excited. And then she just, how? Question mark. Like with a heart. And I'm like, and then I get it. Like, I get it. She's only trying to like help me. Because this is also in the me selling the book. So she's, if she's wondering that, then Somebody at the publishers could re- be that. And instead of them writing how, they're just going to be like, not, never mind. No, we don't need to buy this book because they're confused about one thing. So it's like, yeah, like every feedback makes me feel like I'm not, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my. And whatever. And it's just like, all right, this is all good. It's just making it clearer. It's going to make <laughs> the whole book and book proposal and everything, like whatever. But yeah, like getting so, um, getting, have so many emotions about like a one word it's, that's not even like anything mean or rude like, like a question oh, oh I, well it's like with every time I get an email back without even opening it I feel my stress level going up because I'm anticipating this whole long email full of revisions so it's just you have to take a minute breathe and chill no <laughs> yeah I've like turned some like yeah like somebody in the process into like some evil person <laughs> And like same thing, like daily. resenting daily? getting the, like when are they going to write me back? And then when they do, like afraid to open it. And so I've had to like no, yeah okay negotiate my energy. Like okay, <laughs> this person is here to help you. They are making your dream come true. 
They are like, (laughs) so I have to like give myself pep talks before I open emails. All the time. And I just keep telling myself, you'll be better after you'll do it. And I do usually after I make the revisions, I'm like, okay, they were right. Same. But, you know, yeah, okay, I guess it looks better. (laughs) But usually like it looks so daunting when you see it. And an email. So I've just tried to break it down per spread. And then when you do that, I'm like, okay, it's actually not that much. It just looks daunting written out in an email. But when you go to do the revisions, it's just little tweaks. So just, it's all a matter of calming down. It's me, Trisha. I wanted to tell you about my podcast partner this week, Blissoma. They are authentic, truly authentic green beauty. You know, a lot of people are focusing on what they put in their body, taking care of their body, but we can forget about what we put on our body because what goes on in your pores, your skin gets seeped in to your body. So it's super important, but there's a lot of brands out there that are BS and greenwashing you. So that's why I love Blissoma. They are legit. They use cutting edge chemistry and traditional herbal knowledge for the best of both worlds. Their products restore skin's vitality through the sacred relationship between plants and people. I am super obsessed. I've used clean beauty brands for over 10 years and I'm kind of hesitant to try new brands. And this one has seriously won me over. One of my favorite products is the Restore Oil. It's a masterpiece of nutritious oils to keep a huge range of skin types glowing and supple. It's actually so popular, even Elle Fanning requested it when she was on set working for Maleficent 2. It's 10 oils cold pressed, unrefined from rare seeds. It gives a youthful, plumped appearance. It's also clarifying and calming. It's amazing. That's the Restore Oil. And you can use code CLAIMIT for 20% off that oil and any of the oils and serums on their site. I've been using like five or six of their products. Seriously, it has changed the way my skin looks and I'm not bullshitting you. Feel free to DM me at your joyologist. I'll let you know what other products I'm using. Um, But also they are a great support. Go to blissoma.com and they have like a quiz to take and they really are there for you to help you find the right products for you. So go check them out. And remember, claim it gets you 20% off. And what about, um, you know, again, creative, I'm assuming like with something writing drawing must be somewhat similar where it's like it can be easy to make up that I need to be in this space and this mindset I need this much time and like whatever like how do you approach the day-to-day work because again like this is your dream but it's also work that yeah has feedback from people that means you got to show up and do the things and be accountable to other people and so like you know so how do you approach the actual like work of drawing. So maybe this is like you're starting the first project, fresh eyes and that, or and also then going into those edits when you're like, no, I thought that was page was great. And I have to do another fix. <laughs> like, so how do you like approach okay, creation mode? Um so uh, 
I first get the manuscript, I'll read it all the way through, and then I'll go back and read it again, and I'll jot down what pictures come to my mind for each spread, and I'll just write it in the margins of the manuscript. And then I start doing the character design, so I know what the main character of the book will look like. And my color palette comes just from the feeling of the book, whether it's happy or sad or that. Um, so that's how the color palette comes out. And then I start loosely sketching each spread. And once the whole book, all the sketches are done, it goes to the publisher and the editor looks it through. And then they'll send me, if there are revisions, that I go back and revise the sketches. And it, th this could be many, many, many revisions to the sketches before even the final art begins. Um, so the sketch stage takes the longest just to get the whole feeling and flow of the book going. And then once the sketches are approved, everything can move a lot faster. And is that something like that, like I said, with writing, it can be something that can be procrastinated on, you know, like, I have to wait for the right inspiration moment. Or are you like, how do you, is that something that you used to do? And now you're just like, okay, I have to like, it's time to get into it. Like, you know, do you notice yourself stalling or was there old habits that you had to overcome that like to actually get the drawing done? I do stall, not a lot, just because my schedule is so crazy that I don't have that freedom <laughs> to take right. very much. I think that that's noticed. Yeah. With having kids as well. It's like when you have less time, then you don't have as much time. You're like, okay, this is my chunk of time. So I have <laughs> yeah, I, I, like it's a kick in the butt, but I obviously I have days where I'm not creative at all. And I go to draw something really simple and it just won't come out. It's like I've never drawn in my entire life before. So that's when you need to know to step back. And before in my career, I, I thought that if I wasn't at my desk working, I wasn't working. So I would just sit there and hammer it and make myself force the flow, the drawings and it just made it worse. So I've I'm like, okay, I need to step back. I'll go for a walk or I'll just sit and read a book or listen to music. And eventually the flow will come back. So I don't force it anymore. If I force it, my drawings just look awful. So I've learned, I'm like, just because I'm not sitting at my desk, it doesn't mean I'm not working as a creative. We should have that freedom, right? Especially yeah. being your own boss. I'm so glad you brought that up. I actually, I have this... YouTube series or video series because I do it on IG Live too called, called I Call Bullshit and I actually just recorded one mm -hmm. today that's going to go out this week that was that same thing it was like I, I call bullshit on you know always needing to be on and creative and like productive and I was talking about that too like I used to even in working for myself you know like feel like I have weeks and last week was one of them when I just don't like I can't I'm not having thoughts or like things to share some weeks I'm like oh I have all these things I want to share and say and video ideas and that and so I've now make sure to create lists of them so <laughs> the weeks and I don't then I can just pull back on oh let me share this idea I had last week or whatever but also that it used to make me feel like what's wrong with me is something wrong that I just feel like like running away or like escaping yeah you know, like doing like being in my life rather than you know, doing all these things that I want to do, but it just, you can feel when it's not there. And sometimes, you know, like there's definitely procrastination that can come up my way too, but that's a different feeling in my body. Like I can tell when I want to do something, I'm just putting it off because of a doubt or a fear or like, oh, this is going to be so hard to make these edits, oh, yeah. you know, getting into my head that way. Or when you just like, 
there's like the energy is not here. Like I feel like, yeah, like an empty bag or something like sitting at the ta- table and let, yeah, like letting myself off the hook that way and letting myself go. Yeah. Go take a walk. Go do something else. It's been so freeing. And then it's like it comes. It's always going to come back. Your creativity, the passion, the inspiration will always come oh. back. You just need to learn to step back from it and not beat yourself up over that. Like what's worse, taking like an hour break or making yourself sit at your computer, forcing it and getting more and more frustrated and the block will just get worse and worse. And sometimes that it is just that it's like, okay, let me go do this. And like when I've sort of released, give myself permission to not do the thing, then all of a sudden, yeah, you can go take a walk and then, oh, be suddenly inspired. And they're like, oh, I want to do this thing now. Like I just told myself I don't have to do it Mm -hmm. and I have this freedom. And now, oh, I have the spark of energy to do it. (laughs) Well, being creative takes so much energy. It's just like for me, especially, I feel like it's my heart and soul on a paper. So if I'm constantly doing it it feels like it's giving and giving and giving and I feel burnt out if I don't take a break so I just need something to recharge get something to fuel that inspiration back and then go back to it at a later time yes so true I love that way of looking at it yeah have you ever now the position you're in or you have an agent you seem to get steady work I don't know if that's true or not like have you been in the position where you you did say you say no to things when you're just not like feeling them? But what about like saying no to things you do want to do, but it's just like not come like not fitting for your schedule and what you have already said yes to? So have you had to do that? Because that's it's a constant fight that I have with my agent because she says I have a hard time saying no to projects, but it's because so many projects that comes my way are so amazing. It's so hard to say no. Last year was such a hard year because I just overwhelmed my schedule. Saying like, yes to saying so many yes. things. I'm like, this is not worth it. I'm like, yes, they're amazing opportunities. I like, I was getting sick mentally, physically. I couldn't sleep. My anxiety was so bad that I was just getting sick and I was snapping at my son and my husband. Like, I was not a nice human being. So I'm like, is this really worth it? No. So I'm trying to be a lot more selective for 2020. So far, okay. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I, I still have said yes to too many things, but I feel like not as many as the previous year. It's a learning process. Yeah, it is. And that's, yeah, I figured as much because I've had to go through that first of my life. And it's something like I lead a six-week group coaching program throughout the year and like that's one thing like I talk a lot about in like these boundaries and it's like saying no is hard for many of us but it seems it's it can get easier to start to say no to things that we don't like we don't enjoy Mm -hmm. like that still is a hard thing to learn like no I don't like going to that restaurant you know (laughs) I don't like going to bars anymore can we meet for dinner like even like those kinds of no's can be like you know can be very hard but then I realized even hard, like I had, okay, finally got that part handled. But then I I started saying yes to every amazing opportunity came my way. And I got so burnt out. I was like in the hospital for exhaustion, oh basically. God. Like, and I really had to learn the hard lesson. It was just like, I have to say no to even awesome opportunities. Because if you're saying yes to everything, then yeah, like you said, you're burned out. You're not 
like I now have to constantly pause and step up and look and look at my calendar before I want to say yes to something and be like, what would that actually, who will Trisha be if she's there? Like visualizing myself there and like, will I actually be the person I want to be? Like if it's speaking, I give it that. Like, will I be able to be there and be my full self and have my full energy and the people that are there are receiving the person that I want them to know? Or am I going to be like so drained and burned out and my back hurts and I don't even know what's going I'm tired. I'm anxious. I have too many things going on that I'm like scattered and like snap. Yeah. Snapping at my kids and, like because I'm too tired and have too much going on. So like that's yeah. Burnout was how I saw it or like you know, how I was able to like see that. But now I like try to visualize. Oh, I want to say yes. But even just like giving yourself a pause or like saying, I don't know. Let me get back to you. And then let me think about it. And then like trying to look at that because yeah, sometimes you got to say no to awesome things and like I'll come back well, the, the thing that helped me this year was I picked a word that would help me with this problem. <laughs> so my word is freedom. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm my own boss because I want freedom. And I'm like, is this job going to bring me freedom? The money might bring me freedom, but the actual job, is that going to bring me freedom? No, because it's going to take my time away from the other things that I want to be doing. So that word freedom has helped me a lot this year. I love that. I did that. Um, the, the year I was first pregnant with my oldest daughter, I my my words for that year were freedom and ease because I was like, remember, I was very overwhelmed with like, how am I going to do this? Plus be the first time I whatever. So I was just like ev- to approach everything with freedom and ease. I can do things my way on my schedule and I can approach this with ease. Oh, um, it. Yeah, it really helps to have words to anchor yourself to to like choose. That's yeah, some of on my products so, like I choose to feel this. I choose to feel joy. Oh, and also, yeah, like I was mentioning like things that are awesome that I want to say yes to. But then, yeah, I think for people that work for themselves, freelancers, again, it's like it can also be a fear of like finding, oh, if I say no to these financial opportunities now, not even like awesome, like, oh, this is something I want to do. I would love to do that. But like this fear of turning down work, then it's like work might not come again. If I say no, and I know that comes up for so many people in many industries that have any sort of freelance ability. Is that, was that something that, that weighs on you? Especially in the, right in the beginning, I never said no to anything because I was so new. I'm like, well, I have to, I have to, but now I, thankfully I've gotten to a place in my career where I have the freedom to say no. So I'm trying to utilize that more. (laughs) And so now that illustration is your work, do you, do you still like do illustration just for fun? Do you do other things for your, like your creative outlet? You know, like I wanted to work in music so bad. So became a sound engineer. I loved music all the time. And now I'm like, Oh, there's live music here. I'm definitely not going there. (laughs) I still do love live music, but it's much different than the energy towards music <laughs> that pulled me into the industry. So like wondering, like you're doing your dream thing. Like, so has that shifted your relationship to it? Or like, what do you do? No, for, like, actually joy? it's, I still, I read picture books <laughs> on my own. Even like my six year old doesn't even, he doesn't go near picture books really anymore, but I collect them. I, I read through them. Um, I love collecting prints from other authors. I'm always on Pinterest looking at other illustrators to get inspired. 
I'm all, I love animations. That's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. So I'm all, I'm really immersed in art all of the time and I never get sick of it. I try really hard to make time for personal art because I feel like if I don't, that's when I get burnt out because I'm always creating for other people and not what I want to create. And it's just nice to take a breather, to do a drawing for myself that I'm not attaching money or anything to it. It's just for me. I need to do that for my own sanity. Yeah, good. I was wondering if, yeah, if it was still drawing, if it, or if you like went into some other creative way, but yeah, that you take time for you. Cause yeah, even though you're doing the illustration that you still want that, yes, you are still, and you have, that seems many freedoms with that. You're still creating it for other people. So like just drawing whatever you want with nobody else's story attached to yes. it or yes, time for sure colors yeah. games whatever <laughs> yeah yeah it's I feel like if you attach money to everything it'll just dilute the love for it it just it's just such a stress factor yeah I mean, and that's, I mean, that's why I like to ask these questions because again, it's like, it's easy to be like, oh, your dream came true. And so then it feels like everything's great. Honky right? rainbows and glitter. <laughs> no, it's not. So not meaning to talk people out of their passions, but I just want to keep it real. No, and I still, I still love my job. If I wasn't getting paid for it, this is still what I'd want to do. But there are still days that I wake up and, oh, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to roll out of my bed, go walk five minutes to my office to go to work. I'm like, I'll just stay here under the covers, please. Like, I still have those days. I feel like you're going to, even no if matter you love what. your job. Same. I love my job. And some days I would just, yeah, I'd rather lay in bed and read a novel than even and like that's <laughs> okay, because that'll probably make you more inspired in the long run. It does. Oh. Okay, I wanted to bring up oh, a picture of my keychain phrases. So I ask everybody to pick not necessarily which phrase they like the most, but which one they feel they want in their life right now as a reminder, because I will send you the keychain. So which oh. do you need as a reminder right now and why? Or need want? Want is a reminder right now. I think right now mine would be fuck your fears. Oh, and why is that one speaking to you? It's been stopping me from doing things that I want to do. Like I have this deep fear of public speaking, but I really should do it as an illustrator author. It just comes with the job, but not even that I should be doing it. I do I do like it like I but it's part of my it's like a secret dream that I wish that I was better at it and I do get opportunities and I say no a lot out of fear like I wish for these opportunities they fall in my lap and then I say no but I make excuses in my head where I convince myself that excuse is right like oh no I can't do that because of this it's and I don't let myself believe that it's the fear talking, but I know that it is. So that's why I need a reminder of that. All right. And maybe just even saying out loud there will help you the next time. But that's a, yeah. Well, a virtual yeah. now everyone engagement knows. comes up. But I mean, I'm like, well, right now, also with the state of the world and speaking engagements, I'm like, 
Yeah. That's a virtual engage speaking engagement, or hopefully one day they will be back in person. Also, even being asked to just record a video of myself, I just won't do it because I just hmm. all these fears. No, I'm not a natural in front of the video. No, I look stupid. No, I'm not likable. Like this is all that goes on in my head. Even when it's not live, just a video of me recording at home is still it's so hard for me to do and say yes to. Man, yeah. <laughs> Gotta start saying yes. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely easy to talk to and likable and oh, <laughs> have a lot you. of good things to say. <laughs> thank you. That's so nice. You got to say yes eventually. You're, yeah. You got to start somewhere. You might, you got to have a, you could have I a do. crappy I first do. talk. It might be a great first talk. Like your version of a crappy first talk. True. True. <laughs> but you got to do it. <laughs> or second. I don't know if you've already done one, but. Okay, what is a go-to that you do to raise your joy levels? Perhaps on, yeah, like one of those days when you're not wanting to go to work or you get, you have an email in your inbox with it that you don't want to read. It's music a lot. Mute. Like if for whatever mood I'm in, I have a certain playlist for that mood. I love that. And it always gets me. And, you know, sometimes... I let myself feel feel the sadness. It's the only way to get over it. So I have a playlist that it's just depressing music, but it helps me get the feelings out and then I feel better. So I don't I, try to yeah. suppress it, but music always brings out the emotion in me and it's brings out a that's how my art is inspired a lot by as well. So that's my go-to. Yeah, I love that and I like that you brought up the sad playlist as well. Because I think many of us will turn to, okay, I want to shift my energy. Let me turn on a good song. Music will shift the energy. But sometimes there is like this real thing underneath and that, yeah, it's not going to go away by putting on the happy song or the saying the affirmations or whatever, doing all your favorite things. I am a big proponent of like, go prioritize joy and do that. But I, yeah, like, feel what you got to feel. And that is a great way to do it. And I always feel like car rides with the music. Yeah, I don't know. I so often by myself put music on in the car and be like, start sobbing (laughs) about things. I don't even know what I'm feeling or where (laughs) the things are, especially right now being like (laughs) at quarantine for how many months it's like, you know, (laughs) like that it's, it's like, it feels so good to sometimes it doesn't even have to be like, I don't even know. I don't have to figure out why I'm feeling this, but just like allowing the feeling to flow through me. And again, not making myself wrong for it. Right. I feel like your body knows what it needs to do. So just let it go. Yeah, I've spent, I don't even how, know how many, a couple decades not letting myself cry. <laughs> I don't think I could survive. I feel like I cry almost on a daily basis. No. I Years ago, somebody asked me, like, what was the bravest thing you ever did? And the first answer that came to my mind was crying at my own father's funeral. Because it, oh it was really hard for me to let myself cry at his funeral. And I like finally did at the end when like nobody was there and it was like the most animal tie, like whatever, but I like let it and finally let myself in. So after from that day, I've told myself to like never, you know, 
make hold myself back anymore. So like just like letting it flow wherever I was and whoever I was with. And a part of me still, you know, wants to, especially if you're with if in public or something like that, to like hold it in. And maybe I do hold it a little bit, but like trying to like just say to myself, emotion is present and to let it flow. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was from people telling me that. I mean, I think a lot of especially people, you know, can't cry in front of your boss. You can't like, you know, I think men can't cry, but also women, if you're going to be strong, you don't cry. So I don't know if people said that to me or if that was just me being like, I I was very uh, strong and independent and I have to do everything my way, whatever. So I don't know if I got that messaging from anyone directly or just society. But yeah, it was, it's painful to keep it inside. It is. And I used to hold it in, but then there would come a day where it would erupt and in a bad way. So I'm like, ever since I'm like, no, I need a better way to deal with it. So I, yeah, da- daily crying, highly recommend it. <laughs> daily crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. The next question is I ask everybody to apply this phrase to their own life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. So what is easiest for me is to do blank. What is best for me is to do blank. It can be just like a habit, a way of being, whatever comes to your mind. Easiest for me is the first thing that comes to my mind is working out. Is that weird? That was the first thing that popped in my head. Like just, I'm not working. It's, I'm a really habitual person. So habits keep me sane. So it's really sacred to me to, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning and I have this whole list of things that I do in the morning. So I think that's really easy. It's become just my way of life that I don't even think about it anymore. So that's the easiest. And sorry, what was the second So part? what is best for me is to... Oh my goodness. I think it's <laughs> saying the fuck you <laughs> to the fears. I really do. That's what I have to do right now is to find the confidence in myself to tell those fears to fuck off. And so normally it would relate to this similar thing. So we could be going back to like, what is easiest for me is to say no to the opportunities that come my way. What is best for me is to tell my fears to fuck off and say yes to the next opportunity. <laughs> yes. Speaking opportunity. Because you don't want to also overwhelm your schedule <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I should write that down. And I also am big about not using the word should. Power of words. Thought, what? So I, I want to write that, that down. Or I will write that down. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> the last question is the name of the podcast is claim it because I feel that our feelings of being enough, successful, worthy, fulfilled are not out there somewhere. Once I have this job, once I make this much money, once I'm married with kids and live in this house, then I will feel enough success, whatever, that if we keep putting it outside of ourselves, we keep chasing it and we often don't really allow ourselves to feel it. Mm-hmm. So it's something we can claim for ourselves every single day the same similar to like you choose or like freedom you know so it could be claiming freedom with that so what are you claiming for yourself right now magic oh love that it's and that's what I try to help people do inspire people with my art is to help them find their magic like I found mine and it's illustrating and 
it's made me realize that I'm full of magic and I can do anything. So I just want other people to believe that they're full of magic and to find that one thing that makes them sparkle, glitter. Yes. I love it. And you said you can do anything. So you can also speak. <laughs> <laughs> and I will. You can take that reminder of being magic when the fears try to get you in that realm. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. All right. I hope you guys loved that conversation and loved Holly and getting to know more about how it even works with like children's books, right? I had no idea. And I think I would love to write a child's book one day. And I know there are so many other people that want to. So we got some fun little insight to that. For more on Holly, you can go to hollyhaddam.com. You can find her on Instagram, hollyhaddam.com illustrations. Those links will be in the show notes and links to everything else and full show notes are at yourdualgist.com slash podcast and you'll find all the episodes there. For all things me, your dualgist. <laughs> and I'm at your dualgist on social media. I love hearing from you. I love knowing why you're listening, what you're listening to, what stuck out to you, all that stuff. So feel free to DM me, share the episode. And as I mentioned at the beginning, please leave a review for the podcast. That helps me so much. And I just love hearing from you. <laughs> and if you screenshot it, mail it to podcast at yourjoyologist.com. I will send you a gift from my product line, just like I have everybody pull a keychain. There's the affirmation deck. I've got mugs. I've got journals. So many products coming out regularly. And um, of course, don't forget, I also have, or I'm not going to forget, you might not know, or you may know. <laughs> I have a daily inspiration app. It's only $3.99. It's in both the Google Play and the Apple App Stores, and it's hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations. You can come to it at any time, like a virtual card deck. You can also set a reminder in the app so it comes, it reminds you, like every day at whatever time you choose, it sends you a notification to go pull a card. You can easily share cards from the app, put a little heart and create favorites. There's even a journal section in the app. So go check it out. It's called Own Your Awesome. The link will be in the show notes as well. And check out that skincare line I'm obsessed with, Blissoma. Use the code CLAIMIT for 20% off any serums and oils. And feel free to DM me about that too. I really like am in love with this brand and happy to share my experiences and what products I'm using with you. All right. For a final thought. Hmm. What right now or how right now are you getting in your own way? Think about that. What's stopping you? What's holding you back? Are you telling yourself something's too hard, whether it's like putting clothes away <laughs> or sending an email request or, you know, starting to spend even 20 minutes a day visualizing this thing that you know you want to do? How are you getting in your own way? And then you'll probably have an answer right away of how to get out of it. All right. 